Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome along to Writer's Routine. This week, we're joined by Anne Yu who is sharing the inside story of her working day. Her debut novel is Braised Pork, really being tipped to be one of the literary debuts of the year, and it was in demand to eventually being acquired in a seven-way auction uh, to publish it. Now, Anne left Beijing at 18 to study in New York. She writes in English, which is her second language. So we'll talk about why that is, why she's chosen to write in her second language. And also, I'm curious to find out what language she actually thinks in. We also talk about why this story took time to develop and how it evolved through different incarnations and also about why her entry into story is mostly character. But even if she, if that's how she has to get into the story, for Anne, it sometimes does make it extremely tricky to start. It's hard to get to know your characters at the very beginning and once you start writing more about them, you, um, you understand them more as people um, and then you learn things about your characters that you hadn't known before it's just like how you meet when you meet a new person um so as you get to know them you you learn more about them and there's no way once you learn new things about them that they would go according to what you had planned before you got to know them stick around there is more on the way with Anne Yu in this week's writer's routine Yes, welcome along to Writer's Routine, the show where we take a sneak peek inside the working day of some of the world's most successful authors. Now, my name is Dan Simpson. I want to start this episode with an email that I was sent over on the contact form at writersroutine.com from Ian, who is over in Australia. Now, Ian regularly sends me his thoughts on the show and the guests and, and always does manage to find quite a unique angle and take on what we've spoken about that week. And this one really had me thinking, so I wanted to share it with you. Uh, He says, uh, B.A. Paris, which was a great show. B.A. Paris, Bernadette, she was on uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, He says that we finally uncovered what seems to be the mythical divide between writers. Are you a pantser or are you a plotter? Uh, Often the catch cry of many authors is, oh, no, I don't plot at all. It just kind of all comes to me. But he thinks that B.A. Paris actually broke the spell. Because remember this? She said, well, it's all in my head. But the thing is, I just don't write it down. But she's a pantser, but she still plotted it, but it's all in her head. So Ian is thinking maybe we are plotters after all. And, and some of it, he says that some of us look at the roadmap, the GPS and the waypoints along the way. And we draw little lines on pieces of paper, working out where to stop, where to eat, where to fill up in the in the road trip of our story. 
But others make the same journey, Ian thinks, but uh, just wing it, stop when they need to, eat when they're hungry, refueling when they're nearly empty. It's the same, tra- it's the same uh, destination, the same travelling modes, the same cost, maybe. And maybe that's the, uh, the, the similarity between the Great Divide. Plotters and pantsers are pretty much the same, but one likes to draw lines and verbalise things and get their ducks in a row to figure out what's going on in their head. But the other one, pantsers, maybe they know everything deep down, but they just don't feel the need to write it all down on paper. Instead, they wait and see. I really liked that from Ian. Uh, If you've got a different take on something that you've heard on the show, maybe a unique angle, something that you want to say, please do fire it to me over on the contact form at writersroutine.com. This week, we've got Anne Yu on the show. Her debut is Braised Pork. It's a cinematic, dreamlike picture of nighttime Beijing and Tibet. It's all about Jia Jia, who walks into the bathroom to find her husband dead in the tub next to a piece of paper with an image on it that Jia Jia just can't forget. It's an exploration of myth-making, of loss, and her journey to find herself. Now, what's really struck me listening back to this while I was editing it is, is the difference in how some people treat writing Because often on the show, um, we hear from some fantastic crime writers who are career authors, I'd probably say. Uh, They know what they need to do each year to get the words down, to get normally one book a year published so they can feed their families. Whereas Anne Yu is, is, is starting out on her writing journey. So she's coming to it from a very classic literary place. So the way that she thinks about her creativity, her work, her muse, the way she organises her time to get that out is pretty different to ones that we've had before. And it's quite interesting to pick this apart. We do give it a go, though. We talk about when the idea first came to her, whether she's trying to make every single word the best that it can be first time around, how she finds that with the editing as well. And we also talk about what she's learned from writing Braised Pork that she can take with her into her next novel that she's writing as we speak. So that's all on the way, and we start, as we always do, with what Anne Yu sees around her in the place where she sits down to write. Um, I see a very comfortable couch um, and windows, a lot of light. Uh, I see snacks. I see a big jar of coffee, tea, or a bottle of wine. Um, I see nobody around me, um, maybe my dog, um, and my laptop, let's and break a book. A book, yes. well, let's break yeah. that down. Yeah. Um, what snacks are you eating? Oh, um, chips. Chips? Fruit, maybe. Well, what tea are you <laughs> drinking? Green tea or poor black tea, doesn't, doesn't really matter. What coffee? Black coffee. What wine? Um, white during the day and red at night. <laughs> during the day? In the afternoon. Okay. Have you got a time limit on that? Is it like after two you let yourself drink a wine? No, not really. <laughs> tell you what, these writers. What breed of dog do you have? Um, I have a Jack Russell Terrier. What's his name? Um, Go-Go. Go-Go? Yeah, and I have a Maltese named Momo. Momo. Yes. <laughs> um, so you're sat there. Why are you on the, on, on the couch? Is it... How do you find that in, in, you know, trying to be forceful and studious when you're in quite leisurely surroundings? How's that? Um, It works really well for me. I find it really hard to sit up straight for four hours and try to write. Um, So it's always nice for me to just 
it, it, I have terrible posture when I'm writing. I'm just lying down on the couch, um, my laptop on my lap, and a book on my lap, and sort of everything <laughs> falling off the couch. Um, and I find it much more enjoyable to sit like that and to actually get hours in. You mentioned the light streaming through the window. Is there anything else around that, that, that's kind of inspiring to you? Pictures on the walls, books on the shelves, anything that kind of keeps you going? Um, that book that I keep around me, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't really matter what book it is. Um, usually I just, I grab a book, whether it's one I've been reading or um, one I've read or just whatever I find near me. Um, and I just have it next to me so that it helps a lot in terms of getting me through those moments where I would just come to a stall and I can't keep on going with a sentence. How does it help you out? Yeah. Um, so usually when I find it hard to keep writing, it's um, it's when I find it difficult to go from one sentence to the next one. And it just sort of pauses there and I, I don't know I don't know what to do. So it really helps me to just flip to a page of any novel um, or magazine or whatever and just read through a paragraph and sort of hear how a paragraph can flow um, and that sort of gives my writing a sense of rhythm and pace I think so it just helps me sort of just push through. If you didn't have that book next to you mm-hmm. and you you find yourself stalled at the end of one sentence how much harder would you find it to move on to the next one? Do you, do you think it's it's the paragraphs that you're reading or is it just you know a, a break a break for your mind? I think it's both. It's probably both. Um, if I didn't have it, it would probably be much harder for me, uh, just because one, I'm quite used to that by now, and two, it really it's in a way quite inspiring just to see how um, other authors have been, you know, writing through pages and pages. Um, and sometimes when I when I'm maybe out in a cafe and I had forgotten a book, it could take me, you know, four hours to just write one terrible sentence um so so it it's really i think pretty crucial to the process we talk often on on this show with with because i chat to a wide range of authors who are Mm -hmm. are writing in every possible genre Mm -hmm. really um because yours is kind of a a more literary are you trying to make every word the most perfect word that it can be or is it just anything that's going to get down please get down on the page (laughs) it's a mixture of both um i when I write, I don't, I don't really particularly enjoy enjoy editing. So I, when I write, I try to make sure that every word I put down on the page um, is the best word I can think of at, in, the, in that moment. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to put as much down on the page as possible. So it, it's it's a mixture of both. Here's here's an odd question to ask and possibly to answer. What do you want that next word to be? Is is it something that just moves the story along or is it trying to be novel in in the newest sense of the world is it trying to be the most perfect word that possibly someone has never used to describe the feeling that you're trying to evoke I think it depends depends a lot sometimes um the hardest parts for me to write are just getting the plot along just getting one character from the table to the living the, the bedroom um and in those cases I think it's less um about that sort of novel, new, you know, groundbreaking word in literature. Um, And in other moments, it's trying to encapsulate a feeling um, or something that's 
not so tangible and more elusive and try to trying to put that uh, into words and those moments are something I think is kind of different and I enjoy slaving through those moments more than moving the character from the table to the bedroom. I'm not very organized when it comes to note taking um, because I'm just sort of whenever I find myself taking a note I'm always walking outside or in a subway or I don't know. Um, you, you'll probably see you'll see images you know, certain things I notice. Um, you'll see quotes from other books, uh, from other people. Uh, I, I overhear speaking. Um, you'll see just maybe one word that I had forgotten about and I've never really used um, that I want to, I, I like the sound of and I just want to bring it back somewhere into, I don't know, a piece of writing. Um, and you'll see just nonsense, a lot of nonsense as well. Um, and you'll see some some things in English, some things in Chinese. Um, so it's it's quite a mess in there. So you were born in born in China, yeah. raised in Beijing, yeah. left to go and work uh, study in New York. Yeah, back to Beijing now. Yeah, you write in in English. I write in English. Yes. Can you talk me through that? I I know no other languages. Mm-hmm. What is what language do you think in? Oh. Uh, that internal monologue that's running through your mind. So, so right now, what you're thinking of me that I'm you're not thinking, saying? Are you thinking in Chinese or are you thinking in English? I'm thinking in English right now. So, when you're writing in English, can you just talk me through how that internal process works? Yeah. Um, so, to me, I I think it also largely depends on. Um, what the story is, and for for braised pork, since it's largely you know set in China and the story takes place sort of in Chinese, um, a lot of it I had to formulate in my mind in Chinese, especially the dialogue, and try to and when I get it down on the page, I had to sort of tra- uh, translate that into English, um, and some of the. Uh, descriptions and prose and all of that, I think it's sort of a mixture of um, how I experience Beijing or Tibet or wherever the, the, the story is set. So if I'm, you know, if I'm in the moment and I, I'm thinking in Chinese, it sort of comes to me in Chinese and then I translate it into English. And sometimes when it, like a moment I feel is better described in the English words I know, um, I would just take it straight from my mind and write it down with the translation side of things mm-hmm. how simple is that i once spoke to um, a a writer who had translated his work from arabic mm-hmm. to english and he said that was a very incredibly tough to do because there are three million words in the arabic mm-hmm. language and about three hundred thousand in mm-hmm. in english what's that like moving between chinese and english it's quite hard i think uh i always admire the translators who who um, translate from any language really to English um, and because I've tried to do that a few times with other people's work, my own. And it's really hard. Um, I don't know if it's because of the, um, the, the, the number of words or whatever, um, the differences in that, or just the nuances in the meaning um, of certain words because f- whether it's slang or just 
uh, a in Chinese we sort of talk in idioms a lot, uh, and you sort of have to know the the whole story and uh, myth and fable behind the idiom to understand what those four characters mean in the context of speaking, and to translate that into English I find is just impossible for me, um, and. The other way around too, when I th there are certain I think English words um, that I can't really find a, an equivalent in Chinese that captures the same thing, whether it's the meaning or even just the sound of it. Um, so I, I I find it pretty pretty challenging uh, most of the time. The show is called Writer's Routine. Yeah, talk me through yours. The moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, mm -hmm. on a day when you are sitting down to write, how does it look? When do you get up? When do you have your breakfast? When do you start writing? What goes on? Uh, so I get up uh, whenever I wake up. Usually I try to get um, enough rest so I can't use that as an excuse for not writing. Um, so I usually wake up maybe around eight uh, or something like that. And then I have breakfast, uh, get my coffee, my tea, uh, no wine in the morning yet. <laughs> Um, and then I just sit down and I write. Uh, sometimes when it's harder, I would give myself, you know, uh, three or four hours where I have to write. Um, I would just tell myself I have to write until lunch, and then I, I can't do anything um, other than write for those those hours. And I usually I, I don't get more than three or four hours in um, on a normal day. And then I would have lunch, and then in the afternoon I get more tired and. I put away the writing, um, usually go to the gym, and just relax for the rest of the, uh, the afternoon. So you've got three or four hours of writing. Mm -hmm. how, how much would you preferably get done in that time? How many, is it a word, is it a page thing? Um, however much I can. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's really frustrating when I sit there for four hours and I only get two sentences down. Um, as you can imagine. Uh, so I, I try not to give myself a really ambitious goal. I, I try not to be like, I have to write three pages today because when I don't do that, I feel terrible about myself and I can't write the next day. Um, so usually I do more uh, like goals in terms of maybe like monthly goals. Like in a month, I would like to write a certain amount rather than in that particular day. You were writing braised pork, I would imagine, out of contract, right? You just kind of... Mm -hmm. Now this has been published, mm -hmm. and I'd imagine you'll probably need to get working on a second novel. <laughs> Will that change? Are you more tightly regimented into how many words you need to get done a day because this needs to be published on at a certain time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I've been working on the second novel in the past few months, and... It, it is quite different um, in that with braised pork, I was writing mainly because I, at the time I was in business school as well. Um, so I was writing at night. I was writing um, over the weekends or uh, during holidays. Um, and when I didn't write, I didn't feel terribly bad um, about not writing because it was sort of this hobby I had and this project I had on the side. Now um, there's definitely a bit more pressure to uh, to get the second book done maybe by the this summer is my goal 
Um, so I, I have to be much more methodical about it and give myself sort of more short-term goals. How are you approaching that? What are your short-term goals? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do a day, a week, a month? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to do about um, one chapter, and the chapter is about, for me, they're quite short, so they're about a thousand words or thousand five, or two thousand words um, every two weeks or so. And that's being quite lenient on myself. Um, And sometimes sort of, and I want to finish the first draft by, like I said, summer. So even if I don't get that chapter done in every two weeks, I'm hoping still to like meet the the sort of big, bigger goal. I've had the story on my mind for a while um, before I started writing it uh, and I had always been writing short stories before this. Um, and then I enrolled in the NYU MFA program, uh, which is a two-year program, and I thought that I wanted to challenge myself with something longer. Um, and at the same time, what was more important is that the story that I started writing felt like it had to be something longer. Um, so it, it sort of worked out, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try this. Um, and I had no idea how to write a novel. Um, I wrote the first few chapters, uh, and my advisor at the time told me it was an outline. He was like, this is not a novel, it's an outline. Um, So I had to sort of learn everything about how novels work and um, sort of go back into everything I've read and, and look at what the difference is between, you know, the pacing of a novel and the pacing of a short story. What did you find? What did you when you when you were looking back and you also you studied creative writing for a yeah, bit, right? Yeah. When you when you were looking back and and you were analysing these novels to see how they work, mm-hmm. what did you find that helped you write down Braised Pork? Mainly a pacing thing. Uh, just to, I think mainly it was looking at the story arc and how it can span, you know, hundreds of pages rather than just 25 pages in a short story and how that forces you to really go into um, each scene in much more detail and also um, address certain things uh, much more carefully than you would in a short story, I think. Um, At least when I was writing a short story, it was... From my short stories, they, they they were mainly stories that also span like, you know, a certain you know a month or a year. They were short stories, but contain they were long stories, but contained within the form of sh- of a short story. But when it came to a novel, it you really had to, you know, plug everything in, all the details that happened within that long period of time. And that is a very personal thing I gained out of it. I don't think I don't know if it would apply to everybody. Um, but just learning to learning that one scene could be twice the length of a short story um, was actually really important to me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Very quickly, before we get back into it with Anne Yu, I just want to point you in the directions of all the places that you can help out the show. I think we've almost done 90 episodes now, maybe even more than that. We're nearing 100 anyway, and I've got enough in the bank to take us way over 100. If you've learned anything in the chats so far that has helped the way that you tell your stories, uh, there are tons of ways that you can say thank you and just give a little bit back to what we do here. Uh, You can leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, That's nice and easy for you. If that is how you listen to the shows, please do head over there, find Writer's Routine, and just write some nice words, and make sure it's five stars, please. Uh, Also, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, and spread the love on there. Let me know what you think as well over on the contact page at writersroutine.com, just like Ian did earlier on in the show. And if you can, I'd love for you to pledge anything. Support us over at patreon.com forward slash writersroutine. Um, it just means so much to know that that we have affected the way you tell your stories enough for you to send us a dollar or so every month. You can get little bits of merch as well to say thank you on my end. We've got badges, we've got bookmarks, things like that over on the Patreon. If you want to get involved, please do pledge whatever you can, support the show however you like over at patreon.com forward slash writers routine. Hi, I'm Lucy Foley and my book The Guest List is out now. Uh, my top writing tip would be if you're disorganized like me as a writer get yourself some really good software I think just find some technology that sorts it out for you and for me um, that was Scrivener um, which is this I think it's originally a screenwriting app um, where you can corkboard all of your ideas um, you can modulize all your scenes you can move things around um, but you've always you can always keep track of them um, and for me it was like the best 30 pounds I ever spent and it's sorted me out Let's get back to it then with Anne Yu talking about her much-hyped debut, Braised Pork. Now, in this half, we talk about how everything that came after actually finishing the novel uh, surprised her. She wasn't expecting, I don't think, everything that happened when you would finally finished the final draft. Uh, We also chat about character a lot in this part and what she knows about the characters before she starts writing and how she actually gets to know them mostly through writing and how, when she does know them, why she needs to go back 
and change things in the earlier parts of the book because it turns out as is so often the case with writers that the characters they're finished with are quite different from what they were uh, when she started and we pick things up talking about braised pork the new novel and the very first moment that the story came into her head i don't know if there was a one moment um like i said i'd had the story in my mind for a while um but the the opening what really got me to write the story was a dream i had which was very similar to the one that um Jia's husband had in the story in the novel and it was such a strange and um unsettling image that i thought i had to write that down um and then i soon realized that it didn't really feel like a story at all because there wasn't really a plot so i thought you know i ha- i had the story in mind and i had this image in mind and i wanted to you know try putting them together and it worked um it, it sort of all came together in my mind it made sense uh, can you tell us about the dream as much as you kind of want to yeah it was just a dream of this fish man uh this half fish half man thing um on the table it was in a plate <laughs> um it was a fish in a plate on the table and everyone was eating and uh the head suddenly turned into a man's head and it started talking it was all very strange and we felt really bad because we had eaten this man's body um and this man sort of said oh it's okay and it jumped out from the plate and turned back into a man and i don't remember much of the ending of that but um it sort of stayed with me the day after and i just thought i had to write it down what happens next you think you're gonna you mix these together mm-hmm. how do you do that do you sit there and plan do you just sit there and start writing what happens for you um well the image uh is of course very important to the novel but i think the plot is really what um sort of lies at the core of any story um so i still so i sat down with um the plot and i had to i i outlined the entire plot out um and the image was sort of this thing at the back of my head that i knew i wanted to have in the novel and i knew sort of its significance um and the degree of it in my novel but i hadn't really known how to incorporate into the plot at the time um but i just knew i i had a story i had a beginning i had a middle i had an end um and i knew sort of where i wanted uh the character to go emotionally psychologically as well as physically because she actually goes on a journey uh and i just started writing there and then the whole sort of fantastical dreamy image um kind of just since it was at the back of my head uh, while i was writing i found moments where i knew that would be the right moment to to insert that image you so say you mapped out the whole story plan- yeah. planned it out beginning middle and end how much did you know about what's happening between those beats uh not much i thought i knew um i i thought i i planned it out sort of chapter by chapter and very very loosely just a sentence per chapter and I thought that it was going to flow quite nicely, but um most of the time it turned out that it didn't really <laughs> flow the way I wanted it to. Um it just didn't it didn't make sense anymore for characters to do 
what what I had planned for them to do in chapter four. Um, so I had to, so the chap, the, the character sort of had to go somewhere else and do something else before it made sense for them to go back to what my sort of plot was. Um, and a big part of it, sort of the second part of the novel uh, had to be completely changed um, because of that too. So it was actually quite difficult to stay on the original plan. How, how much were you trying to force your characters to stay on your original plan? I tried quite a bit. <laughs> um, but then soon realized that the the new plan was, was better for, for the story and it just made much more sense. Where do you um, think that new plan came from? Um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I, I guess the, the characters doing their own thing, um, which obviously is, uh, an extension of what I wrote. And, um, I think as I, when I was planning out the novel, it's hard to, it's hard to get to know your characters at the very beginning. And once you start writing more about them, you, um, you understand them more as people. Um, and then you learn things about your characters that, you hadn't known before it's just like how you meet when you meet a new person um so as you get to know them you you learn more about them and there's no way once you learn new things about them that they would go according to what you had planned before you got to know them so um and i think once you get to know your characters well uh, once you've written them uh into you know a, a someone who feels three di- three-dimensional and real um there are certain things that make more sense for them to do and certain things that don't Uh, It's like when, if you tell me a story about a friend, a common friend of ours, and you say something that they've done, I would be able to tell whether that's characteristic of him or not. I think that's that's rather similar to the character. And if it's not characteristic of the character, I wouldn't want to include that in the story because then it doesn't doesn't make sense um, in a story world, in the real world, um, or anywhere. I don't know much about them at all when I start writing. Um, I, I know... A lot of authors sort of do character work on the side, like character sheets, character resumes, and side stories. Um, I I don't I haven't really done that. Um, I just I start writing about a character, and maybe a few chapters in, um, I realize that she's completely different from what I had imagined, or perhaps I didn't even have an idea in the beginning. Um, and then I might have to go back to the first chapter and, and rewrite, um, which is what happened with Braised Pork a lot, and I think is what's going to happen with the second novel. Uh, just I've been going back to the, to the very beginning and realizing that uh, I really didn't know the character at all in the beginning, and um, really had to, given the knowledge I know now, I have to go back and recast everything in, in, before I got to know the character. And I don't think I know everything about them, um, that would be a lot to have to, to have to come up with, um, but generally how they react to things, I think I do have a certain a, a good idea. When you've started writing, plotted it out so you more or less know the intended direction of these mm-hmm. characters, even though they're going to throw you off course. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you start? How do you start the first page? Is it just a case of sitting there and? Writing. I mean, you, you want your words to be as perfect as you can. You've already said that. Right. Were you focusing a lot over that first sentence? Uh, yeah, I try not to now, um, but it's hard. It's hard not to. Um, it's hard to avoid that. I 
usually start, uh, I find it easy to start with a scene, um, in the middle of a scene, um, where characters are doing certain things. Um, I find it kind of hard to start with a description of landscape or something like that. It's just, I, I, I wouldn't know what to say and where exactly to begin. Um, so I like starting in the middle of a scene um, when the characters had already been already been doing something off page um, before the scene and start right, you know, where the story begins um, or where the story matters. And then I, and then writing through a scene, I think I find is has much more mo- momentum than writing um, exposition and uh, descriptions of you know landscapes. Where does that come from? That does that come from analysis? Is is that you, you figuring this out, or is that just something you in- intuitively know that? Uh, I had to figure it out. Um, I began. I, I remember when I used to start writing about so this is this is the city they're in and this is how it looks and all of that and then having to cut all of that because it's not interesting um at the beginning of a novel I don't really need they don't need the the readers I don't think they need to know everything that's around these characters I think it's it it, I I personally like reading stories where, where you know something happens to to character and as a result I know why I care I know why you know I, I'm in the action I, I, I enjoy that um, so and, I, and I enjoy writing that too what else do you enjoy writing what, what's, your, what's your favorite type of thing to, to oh, work on um, I think that's twofold one is just the small um, moments of character interaction that um, are seemingly sort of trivial, but are very important. Just moments where, where maybe it's a word, maybe it's a small gesture that just feels like, aha, the, the, that's, that encapsulates what the relationship between these characters are. Um, whether it's a moment of like miscommunication or a moment of love or kindness or um, anger or whatnot. So I, I love those moments. Um, and I also really love writing sort of strange moments of uh, that sometimes I have to admit, even when I'm writing, I don't know what where exactly I'm going with them uh, with with the images and and um, the ideas. And it's really exciting to not to not know where exactly. So like, for example, in braised pork, it was, the the world of water when you know the main character first plunges into this endless world of water i at the time i remember not really knowing what to do with that world um i had an idea but i i struggled trying to figure out what um how to like how to pull it all together in the end like what does it mean and all of that but soon i realized you know it's it's much more fun to just not know um, to let it be open and then eventually it will make sense. I think I, I don't know if I should be doing this, but I place a lot of trust in sort of the novel um, as I write into it that it will sort of come together and make sense in my mind at least um, eventually. It's my way of 
um, communicating certain things that I can't find another way to communicate. Uh, I know that sounds really vague, but it's the best I can come up with. Um, and at the same time, I I really enjoy read, uh, reading, and you know, it, reading is just as important to me as writing, if not more. Um, and I think the the feeling of in reading a novel and enjoying it and finding some sort of um, meaning or dialogue between the reader and the writer is something that's very special and very valuable. And um, and I, I love that about about writing, about you know being able to communicate with another person, a stranger, um, just through through words on a book on a page finally i guess you said you're working on your second book you'd like to kind of have that done by the summer <laughs> what have you learned about writing a novel between the two um i learned about everything that happens after you're done with a novel um like what <laughs> like uh like the fact that you're actually not done you have to edit more and just the whole, I guess, the publishing calendar and all of that, um, which has been rather crazy and um, it's 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 a bit challenging to find sort of the the time and the mental capacity to work on, you know, braised pork and the new novel at the same time. Um, so I'm I'm trying to navigate between the two at the time, uh, like at the moment. I do know much better when to stop writing a piece now than I used to. Um, I, I, I know when a novel feels like it's complete, um, which I struggled with a lot with Braised Pork. Um, and it might never really feel complete. I, I still think there are parts of Braised Pork I'd love to change and um, improve. But, you know, as a book out there now, um, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. And I think I've, that is something that I do realize now. And with the new book, I'm hoping I'll have a you know more straightforward time trying to figure out when to just let go of it and you know and send it to my editor and be like, here's you know the whole thing. And that is it. Thank you so much to Anne Yu for coming on the show. I, I heartily recommend you checking out her brand new debut novel, Braised Pork. I really think it'll be one of those stories that stands at the test of time that everyone's talking about uh, later on in the year. Kind of Sally Rooney levels of hype and fame, that kind of thing. It, it's called Braised Pork. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard on the show today, if you want to pay a little bit back, please do support us any way that you can over at patreon.com forward slash writers routine. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter as well. We are at writers pod there. And let me know what you think. Use the contact form over at writersroutine.com. Almost forgot the address of my own website there. Next week on the show, uh, we're chatting to Pete Brown, the social, uh, cultural commentator and historian. He is beer, he's been British Beer Writer of the Year a, a, a staggering amount in, in the last few years. Uh, he's got one of the best jobs ever. He writes about beer and food for a living and he is fantastic at doing it as well. It's a really great, joyful, fun episode with loads of amazing tidbits to help out with your writing day. That is Pete Brown. He'll be on the show next week on Writer's Routine. Subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and I will see you then. Bye!
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 